Welcome one and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. This week we welcome back Steve Hatcher, who for several years now has been regularly sharing his thoughts and reviews on television, both ancient and modern, to his friends, followers and anyone else who might care to read them online. And his insights are often so very perceptive that they've tended to cost me an arm and a leg when it turns out some of the shows he's been talking about so enthusiastically have become available to buy on whatever form of physical media they happen to be released upon. In this hour, we discuss a couple of shows that he's pointed me towards, ITC's Four Just Men and ABC's Red Cap, both of which date from before I was born, but are still excellent TV series, as well as discussing a whole range of related topics like the demise of Forces TV, the French version of Maigret starring Bruno Cremer, the various incarnations of Star Trek, and much, much more. So let's crack on and fire up our Fab Radio International time engines and head inside the mind and TV collection of Mr. Steve Hatcher. again steve how are you hello martin good to talk to you again it's been yeah. a while tell us months months possibly <laughs> months we've all aged you've done your 16 masterminds since that old, uh, champion of the world again oh, brain dear. of, brain of the universe uh, that's not, not gonna happen i'm too old for that now yeah well i thought we'd try this again actually i thought we'd try one of our random chats and, and go around the houses and see where we end up and uh one of the things i was going to talk to you about today was you uh, notoriously or famously if you like you actually post your current watching lists on Facebook I bore people to death by telling them what <laughs> I'm watching at any time I mean the great thing with Facebook is if you go oh bloody hell it's Hatcher again wittering on about something <laughs> from the 60s then you can just scroll past it can't you that's the great thing well, but, uh, I, <laughs> but there, there seems to be a little community of us out there yes. who are, are watching the same sort of things and quite often that's tv shows from the 60s mm. 70s 80s and and it's odd i mean it isn't odd because i suppose there's only so much out there and mm. network dvd are wonderful are they not well so, that's really what i was going to ask you do you have a rather eclectic taste do you actually have a huge collection of DVDs, or do you watch these things through other means? I might have. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I might have spent far too much money on network sales mm. over the years. Yeah, no, I've got quite a big collection. It's sort of blossomed, as it were, because at one point I only used to buy Doctor Who and mm. I suppose Star Trek and very few other things, mm. and an awful lot of stuff taped off the telly, as it were. Is it and, because and, you're a, a genre fan? You're a sci-fi fan? Yeah, I, 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 yeah. yeah, first and foremost. And, and absolutely, it's that. And then I discovered that actually there was plenty of other really good stuff, particularly from the 60s and mm. 70s and a bit from the 80s, which very often was exactly the same. Actors. I'm far more interested in British television than American television, mm. although I've got some plenty of that in there mm. as well. 
And also, there's some very decent European television I've got right. as well. Yeah. The HS Collector, or has this come since things were like no, banquet for an entire season? Or... No, I, I had a pretty big collection of VHS, mm. but the, the big problem with VHS is they were so big, weren't yeah. they? So if you had a, a whole season of Star Trek, for example, Next Generation, you, needed a, you, needed you, you did, annex, didn't yes. you? Just, just for one season, you needed mm. two or three shelves. It was, mm. it was ridiculous. So thank heavens things have moved on from there. I, I suppose with the advent of recordable DVDs, which they've now withdrawn, haven't they? It's very difficult to find a DVD recorder these days. But luckily, I've got one with one in reserve for when that breaks down. So it should see me out. Well, there we go. But the, <laughs> the, sh- the shows that you choose to share that you've been watching, I know you also watch a lot of films. I mean, when, when do you find time to do all this viewing? Well, I'm retired. I retired after a long career as a teacher a few mm. years ago. So I can normally take a little bit of time during the day to sit and watch something interesting along with the other stuff I have to do and, and, and do get on and do and then I have this thing where I, I'm one of these people who stays up late into the night uh, and that's not that I find it difficult to sleep it's just that I find I don't need to sleep an awful lot so I, I don't tend to go to bed really until about one o'clock or sometimes even a little bit later whereas my wife's long gone by then so i've got a bit of time to myself so that's like two two or three episodes of something from the 60s without feeling oh i should be doing something else as Mm. well at that time of night i Mm. think because your your lists actually your viewing choices have been my go-to for picking and choosing from sales and whatnot over the last couple of years and i so i think it was your fault no it's not your fault (laughs) but but you definitely put me on to the four just men series good isn't it well this is it sometimes a show that gets recommended to you you look at it and you go for you know whatever i don't see what people and this is what i found with a lot of uh, more modern television actually people will tell me oh this is won awards or this is Mm, mm. brilliant and i'll look at it and i go ho-hum that just reminds me of something i watched 30 years ago but something like the four just men i actually went out and bought the original feature film after you, yeah. you uh, which again is a very different beast well it's, i recorded that off talking pictures tv i yeah. must say <laughs> well it was about, about three quid and all those thin thin mm. uh, things but it's mm. just i think as a concept the four just men would hold up incredibly well if you made it now maybe you'd have to change a few things but actually that idea of four different leads cycling through yeah. different adventure stories but that, that edgar wallace was clever wasn't he mm. he wrote some good stories and many of them were turned into great little films mm. and that was one of his babies but yeah no it's a while since i've watched it so so the four just men we've got four two americans a british guy and an italian haven't we mm. that's right who had fought together during the second world war and after the war some years after the war they're gathered together after the death of their commander colonel breen of quatermass <laughs> that's right yes <laughs> Whose, whose photo on the mantelpiece in his house is a photo of him as Colonel Breed from Quatermass, mm. rather wonderfully. So the four men are Jack Hawkins as a mm. British MP. Mm. You've got Vittoria De Sica, the, the famous Italian film director, mm. the director of La di Bicicletta, The Bicycle mm. Thieves, right. Right. one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> ah, and he plays an Italian hotelier. That's right. Mm-hmm. The two Americans. One of them is a sort of Italian-American lawyer, isn't yeah. he? Who ended up uh, in The Godfather. Right. I, I can't remember the name of the guy who played that. And the other guy is... Based in France. Musical theatre. He's an American journalist in Paris. That's mm. right. So you've got this mix of location and background and mm. profession and all that. Mm. Dan Daly. Dan Daly, a musical theatre star. Been in all sorts of musical films and things. Mm. So very odd sort of collection of, of mm. actors. 
this is an early ITC program. So already, because it's an ITC, the chances are there's going to be something there that's going to make it interesting because mm. the company that made The Saint and Dangerman and Randall and Hopkirk and The mm. Champions and Department S and, and yeah. Jason King and all those shows. Yeah. So you know there's going to be something good there. And those early ITC shows, which are largely forgotten, are really, really worth looking into. There's that one, there's Interpol Calling. There's it's half-hour drama, isn't it? The half-hour uh, crime drama. Some of them are half hour, some of them are a bit longer. You've got The Sentimental Agent, mm. Man of the World, a fair few others. Uh, espionage, very good series, very, very solid anthology shows for the most part. No, no, it's, no they're not all anthology shows, but mm. some of them are, some of them aren't. And this one obviously isn't. But what you've got, as you say, each week, it's a different one of those four who is the lead. Mm. And there's usually a point in each episode where one of them rings, rings one of the, the others up yeah. <laughs> and has a chat about the current case and asks him to try and do do something off screen to help solve the case one of the things that fascinates me about it is jack hawkins is a moralistic mp <laughs> yeah that's that, there's MP a who drives around in, in a slightly dented rolls royce and, yeah. <laughs> and and seems to live with andrew kier <laughs> Yes, well, obviously, obviously, Colonel Breen arranged for quite of us to work for, for him. And you've also got Honor Blackman, haven't you? Mm. Uh, working for Dan, uh, what's his Living name? On his Dan Daly. Dan Daly Living on his houseboat. Yeah. That's, yes, on the Thames. Mm. Uh, possibly the same houseboat that uh, Highlander would later live in, uh, in the Highlander TV series, because he lived on a houseboat on, on the side, didn't he, as well? Or, uh, or indeed, maybe Tarot. Yeah, that was well. Yeah, but not in Paris. But, but no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he shipped it across the channel. But the Highlanders was on, on the same on the on the yeah. same in Paris as so as this one was. Yeah, I think when you watch things like Dial Nine 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 and and Interpol calling and, and Dial Nine Nine was a different kind of show. Yeah, yeah, it was not you see, but, but yeah, it's, uh, you actually see them learning how to do the half hour ish yeah. crime drama because yeah. then Danger Man comes along and sort of nails it. Couple of years Ab- years. Absolutely, you can see the development of one through the other. What fascinates me mostly about Four Just Men, apart from every week, the stories are they are. I don't think there's a duff one in it. There's a couple that no. a little bit because that would have been the era. I mean, there's one that's a little bit like the monsters due on Maple Street in the Twilight Zone. There's just the neighborhoods have sort of decided that these people are a bit yes. somewhere in suburban America. And I'm always fond of people who unpeel the surface of suburban America and, and reveal the ghastliness that sort of absolutely. Stuff. But there's also one where Jack Hawkins solves the entire IRA problem in 25 minutes. That's right. That, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's an amazing, <laughs> amazing piece of uh, storytelling. You mentioned the film, which is, is pre-war, isn't it? It's just pre-war. And it's basically a pre-war espionage mm. uh, thing, which there were a lot of films of that sort uh, around about the very late 30s, right. the very beginning of the war and so on, mm. which was films about Nazi agents in Britain. And it's of that sort. And, but it's a very, very different animal. And the four just men in that are very different from the four just men. Well, they men become in the, the three in... just men by the end of the film for a start. They do. They, they absolutely do. But they not only are they killed, they are killers. They are mm. utterly ruthless. Yeah. I mean, they go around basically murdering people mm. in that, which you can't see them doing in a family-friendly uh, early well, like, 60s. That's kind ITC of the, the slight tweaking they did for The Saint as well, wasn't it? To make yeah. 
yeah less of a criminal as, as a lead in a television less show. robbie yeah i suppose that's a, a lot of that is to do with the if you want to sell to the american market you had to have vaguely moral background and it was exactly the problem with the val kilmer saint film of the mm. 90s that they reversed that and they made him a, they made him a thief again they made him a, a morally very dubious character and I, I remember roger moore telling a story by they had to they weren't allowed to show him breaking in through a window i think it was they had to cut away okay. from he came through the window, but you weren't allowed to show how he did it. You just assumed that he did something. That was, in case people got ideas. In case people learned how to open the latches of other people's houses. But I think the four just men was. I'm, I'm really glad. I think you sort of posted it. I was. It was one of those sales. It was in the sale. I thought, oh, I'll give that a whirl. And it's a really very good, really tidy little series. Another show that you pointed me at, and I've been enjoying only this very week, is Red Cap. And oh, yeah, right. I know we touched on this last time, but Red Cap, uh, that's an hour long ABC drama from yes. the mid 60s, starring 60, uh, John Thorpe. Four, five, yeah. Yeah. John Thorpe was 23 when he made that film. Yes, and, and then his career after that, it, it didn't sort of go quite as stellar as it ought to have done because he was brilliant in that. Mm. And then for the next best part of 10 years, uh, well, not quite 10, but six or seven years, he did the odd TV play, the odd yeah. little serial here and there. Mm. Uh, he did a uh, Francis Durbridge Presents that I've watched mm. recently. He did guest stars and things. Mm. But he didn't, it, it wasn't the lead in anything again, no. really, until the Sweeney all those years later. I posted a picture uh, from it and someone said, I've never seen John Thor with dark hair. And I thought, he's, but he's, uh, he's, literally, the thing is that when you think he's in the Sweeney, he's 34. When he's Morse, he's 47. It's, yeah. His entire life, he's he'd gone by, he was 60. You know? It's yeah. a very incredibly high-profile series for that kind of actor. Yes. You know, a television actor. But he was doing it. I mean, I, there was one episode where he plays against some boy soldiers, uh, Richard O'Sullivan is yeah boys. yeah their ages they're, they're only two years different you know yes. it's an extraordinary series as well for the history of the end of the british Middle colonial Middle period yeah. if you like mm. that in the days when the british army was of there was a large standing army oh, and right. they were in all sorts of different places where you wouldn't expect to see them i mean mm. there's episodes set in borneo i mean mm. who remembers when the british were in borneo oh, for say? cyprus where they still are aden of course and mm. there's, there's episodes set in all these places mm. germany British places in Germany. There's a lovely episode which is set in Germany, which is about the tensions between a British army camp oh, and the where locals, the yes. yeah and the locals because the new regiment that's moved into the British army camp was the same ones who were there fighting during the war. That's right. And, that's, and that's the uh, that's the one where Strange is actually the colonel, isn't it? The uh, of the of the regiment. So you actually get that early connection between Morse and Strange. Yeah. Yeah. And Cullen from Softly Softly's in there as well, but there we go. <laughs> if you like that sort of, I love those connections. But it's the, one of the ones I, I really enjoyed. There's uh, Diana Coupland uh, gets a, I should have a klaxon, which woman in red cap alert, really. But yeah. it's a very, very masculine series because of yeah. the stories they were telling. But you do get these incredible cameo guests yeah. for some of the women. And uh, they are, it's an incredibly the, powerful episode, that one. The one with the soldier who's on the run is in Cyprus and is mixed up with, with freedom fighters, terrorists, whatever you want to call them, Cyprus independence fighters. At the, at the time when we were locking up Archbishop Makarios. It's a very it's strong a, series. Uh, I, I was, absolutely. It, it took me a while. I, I watched a couple about a year ago and I thought, mm, not sure, a bit ho-hum. Mm. But actually, even when you compare it to the other thing that would have been in the ABC stable at the same time, which is the Honor Blackman Avengers, mm. actually, I think overall, 
Red Cap, certainly the first season, I've only got to the end of the first season, is as strong as that and in some ways technically better. It was very popular at the time. It was it was very well known at the time. Absolutely. The, I mean, the last I'm just about old enough to remember it. The, the very last episode of that first series, I was watching that this morning and it, it's the one in the jungle where he has to land in the jungle because he's asked oh, yeah. some witnesses have got to, he's got to get some statements from witnesses and it becomes a a murder mystery and someone's bumping them off within yeah. and this is a, a studio jungle yeah and it's incredibly well made it I is mean, well done it for, is. for the year it's but, been made in. and he's an outside i mean if it was a if it was soldier soldier if it was an army well it is an army story of mm. army series of course it is mm. it's a military series but he's the outsider though he's mm. a soldier he's a military policeman he's a mm. red cap uh, oh please nobody please can confuse this with the later series called Oh, the Tamsin Outhwaite thing. The Tamsin one, which is a, an entirely different mm. piece altogether. He's, he's the outsider. He comes in each week. All of the supporting characters are new. He's the only character, I think, he's the only character that's in, in the more, uh, yeah. any more than one, I think. I think he's the only character in more than one episode. He is sent in to sort out a problem. And he's only a sergeant. Mm -hmm. And more often he's sent in there to deal with captains, colonels, whatever, who are not necessarily particularly cooperative to what he's come to well, do. Well, there's always that thing isn't it that the close close ranks that's where the expression yeah. comes from you know that they, the, they protect their own and the regiment deals with its own problems yes but he, absolutely. Is, but he is actually a criminal investigator isn't he yeah and i think the only thing i can think of that sort of in the modern era or let's say modern era that sort of runs similar to it is between the lines the um, oh yeah neil pearson neil pearson uh, series that was yeah uh, yeah uh, which the police investigating themselves series yeah yeah good time. call yeah yeah that was a good series as well wasn't it so you do get these outsiders who nobody trusts because nobody likes a rat or whatever the expression you know, all on youtube ladies and gentlemen <laughs> just as well but the yeah, red cap again i know you recommended it to me but you do have this eclectic list now do you pick these things at random or is it is it more nuanced than that well, I like to keep different things on the go. Mm. At, uh, do you watch them the one at a time, time or do you, do you, do you binge I, watch one? Or? I don't tend to binge. What I do is I have I have a box, a plastic mm. box, and I have them all in there in the order that and I try and keep to, right, oh, really? what's at the front this time? Mm. It's such and such. And then I come to the next one. Mm. So I like to keep a, a half-hour comedy. Yeah. Uh, at least one half hour comedy got two on the go at the moment right. one of which is the army game okay with uh a, a, well it will be william hartnell but oddly enough the dvd box set starts with the later series the third series right. with bill fraser and alfie bass mm -hmm. and then the later ones go back to the earlier ones with william hartnell in it. yeah so i don't know what the theory is that i think it's they happened to bring out the later ones first right. and then when they made it all into one big box set they didn't sort them out i don't know but i'm sort of in the middle of that so that i'm watching and i'm also watching a sitcom i've never heard of before from the 90s haggard and it's Haggard. recently been shown this is again a military theme because it's recently mm. been shown on the sadly soon to be departing mm. forces tv and uh, i'd read a post on facebook from uh, lisa bauman that she mm. and david warner had watched it and enjoyed it so i thought oh i'll have a look at that mm. so again it's as you were saying it's word of mouth recommendation mm. isn't it around the community of tv fans you like forces tv is that going for any particular is it just I, finance or i think it's finance they'd lost the frequency on freeview right. they'd lost the channel on freeview and the statement they said is they're going to concentrate on 
doing favours for soldiers or something. I don't know, mm. cheering up the navy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's an odd thing, isn't it? I mean, it's forces TV, but mm. it's it's a channel that's most of the time is showing stuff that I have absolutely no interest in mm. whatsoever. The history of tanks, okay. you know, fighter jets through the ages yeah. and things like that. No, I mean, really. No. Um, is, it, is it more those sitcoms that can't make it onto air on any other channel? It's it, it's it. Somebody there clearly knows their telly. Yeah. Because what they've done is they've acquired a whole lot of... Mm. 70s 80s 90s sitcoms but not the ones that you've seen before it, it's mm. been things that have not had a show in for mm. years and years and years they showed dear john recently i didn't manage to catch any wow. of them but again okay. that's not been shown for years mm. and it's a, a very well known thing no surgical mm. spirit they showed which again is a, a very popular sitcom from mm. 20 30 years 30 40 years ago yeah they've come up with some brilliant stuff they've shown not just sitcoms they've shown blake seven mm. they showed chimera the stephen gallagher thing which i mm. I'd, I'd got a really ropey recording of that now i've got mm. a much better recording of that <laughs> yeah there's been some great stuff they've shown mostly late at night a bit through the the course of the day prime time early evenings not so much mm. that's when it's fighter jets in the middle ages or whatever you know it's uh, so uh, you they've possibly been watching you know you say there weren't shows you'd heard of or, or there were shows you'd heard of and never seen or yeah. that, I yeah. they were following your recommendations list no, I don't, no 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 and when they first started showing them mm. You could see why they were on Forces TV because yeah. they showed some episodes of the Army game. Get some in. And stuff Get like some that. in, they showed, of course, mm. which again uh, has been released on DVD but mm. hasn't been shown on television for years mm. and years and years. So you could sort of see what the connection was. Mm. But then they went very much away from that. I mean, Blake Seven, for heaven's sake, having mm. a revolt against a horrible right wing government. <laughs> that might not be in the Army playbook, as it were. Mm. You know, that, uh, <laughs> but somebody knows what they've been doing and mm. picking some really interesting things. And it's a real pity that it's going off the mm. air. Uh, in terms of that, whether the general television platforms are the right mm. place for a channel aimed at the armed forces, I don't know. Your personal choice then comes to sitcoms and I'll have that. I'll, have, I'll, have that. I'll, I'll usually have a, a foreign language drama. I'm watching right. the French version of Maigret at the moment oh, okay. that was shown from the early 90s through to the mid 2000s right. starring Bruno Kremer as okay. uh, Le Patron Was that an import? Yeah, it's a Region 1 DVD and it's silly expensive and I managed to get one for a reasonable price You can buy Season 1 of it at a regular normal price mm. about £12 or so for a DVD a, a Region 2 DVD yeah. uh, But if you want to buy beyond Season 1 then you have to go Region 1 and mm. you have to either spend a lot of money or get very lucky like i did so how does it compare um, with the, the versions that we'll be more familiar on with? the rupert davis which i've, I've mm. also I've absolutely loved that recently mm. I, I, again i bought the, the blu-ray box set when that came out mm. i didn't wait to watch it through on, on talking pictures i mm. uh, i bought the box absolutely loved it it's different it's very different it's 90 minute episodes 90 minute films more like the Rowan Atkinson version, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. Very, very good, high-quality stuff. Bruno mm. Kremer is an absolutely brilliant maigre. Mm -hmm. One of my friends has made the point that perhaps the secondary characters don't quite come to the fore as much right. as they do in the Rupert Davis series. The, mm. the, the, um, the Luca and, uh, and so on are not quite as strong. Uh, Janvier is starting to come through a bit in the, in the French ones as it goes through. But again, a, a series that lasted the best part of 15 years. Um, on, on French television. Oh, right. On French television. And that would actually be the longest running version with the same actor of any version. It was I mean, an earlier many, French version. How many a year were they making? Is it 
like oh, 15 a, a year or you know, there's, 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 like there's a lot of them um oh. I, I check it but, but there was another series before that another french mm. series starring jean richard that was sort of in the 60s early 70s mm. but yeah so no it, it was a very long running series and really high quality looks absolutely beautiful co-production between the french belgians and the czech Czech right. TV. A lot of it's filmed in Czechoslovakia. Are the French um, fond of the English language versions, or well, um, just... Georges Simenon was. Georges right. Simenon reckoned that Rupert Davis was his ideal Megre, but he didn't live long enough to see Bruno Cremer, who was a sort of a supporting actor in French mm. films and so on. There are 14 seasons which started in, running from December 1991 through to December 2004. Mm. 54 episodes, which are the 90-minute films. Mm. It's really, really worth watching like if you can French find Morse, it. French really, then? That's yeah, I think that's probably a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. Rowan Atkinson did, did he do four? Yeah, four entire films, yes. Four whole big films. The, uh, kind of died, the Gambon sadly. version would have started, wouldn't it? About the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost exactly the same time mm. as the Gambon version started. Mm. But the Gambon version, again, didn't last very long, did it? A couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah so, so, so this is a, a monumental one. So I like to keep a foreign language thing on the mm. go, at least one. I try to keep, a, I, I like a, a 60s drama, I like mm. at least one police thing on the go at a time. Sometimes mm. they cross over, like, Megway is a police thing, but right. uh, but I've also been watching um, Gideon's Way ah, uh, recently Gideon's as well. Loved, loved Gideon. But again, that's, again, I was about to say, I like to keep an ITC thing on the go, mm. <laughs> which that Gideon yes. is an ITC. Mm. I've pretty much watched all the ITC series now, nearly. Mm. But I'm also going through the ITC Sapphire film Swashbucklers. Right. And I kept the big eater last. I watched things like uh, William Tell and mm. uh, The Count of Monte Cristo, mm. uh, Sword of Freedom, all sorts mm. of things. The Scarlet Pimpernel. And I've kept the big eater last. And I'm watching The Adventures of Robin Hood now with, right. uh, with Richard Green. Do you think do they hold up as television? They're still entertaining? Or do, the, do they look a bit silly now? Or? Well, yes and no. Yes mm. and yes, in fact. Yes, ah, okay. they hold up. But personally, yes, they are a bit silly mm. and a bit formula. Mm. But they're not something where you can sit and absolutely mm. let them keep your rapt attention. Mm. But they're quite nice to play on in the background when you're doing something else. And so do you have the, a, a kind of scheduling thing going on? I mean, I know you say you, you work through them sort of front to back of this box. Yeah. But do you actually set yourself an evening and say, I'll watch... No, I just okay. want, if I've got time, if I, yeah. I keep so, at least one science fiction thing on the go. Yeah. Well, uh, I noticed from your viewing list that you have seen pretty much all of the versions of Star Trek that are possible to watch. Are, well, are now, you that big a, a Star Trek fan? Well, I first watched Star Trek, not when it first appeared on British television in 1969, mm-hmm. but the midweek evening repeats in about, I don't know, 70. 71 right about that time okay. and really loved it and so i lo- really loved the original series trek mm. watch that I, i'm not somebody who would ever go to a star trek convention or anything no. like that but i just really enjoy watching it loved it when it came back as films and mm. then again as next generation and all those 90s series next mm. gen deep voyager, space nine deep, voyager yeah, i have been watching voyager recently yeah. well i have because that's where it sort of all fell the bits a bit and mm. i thought I didn't think Voyager was that great, to be honest. I thought it started weak. I thought it got pretty good in the middle. Mm. And then by the end, it had lost me again. So I sort of gave up on Voyager midway through the final series. So Mm. I thought, right, now go back and watch the last series of Voyager. So I'm going through the last series of Voyager. Mm. And then Enterprise 
I saw very little of. I saw mm. a few episodes here and there. So I'm going to watch that. I mean, the enthusiasm has been rekindled by the recent series, oddly enough. Because mm. I know not everybody's a fan of Discovery. Mm. But I've really enjoyed that. So that's made me want to go and watch some more. Again, Picard, I thought was fabulous, particularly mm. the second series. So mm-hmm. really dark, really. I mean, Picard saying naughty words beginning with F. <gasps> John Luke himself. Same words like I know, that. I know, I, know there, I know there is a swear word, isn't there, in Generations when the starship's crashing? But yeah. yeah <laughs> I think that was, that was a, seen as a breakthrough at the time. <laughs> yeah. Or a setback or a throwback to, uh, it wouldn't have been in Gene's vision. <laughs> no. We've, we've moved beyond such things as swearing and money. <laughs> we have, we have. Well, this week, actually, the new Paramount channel launches mm. in Britain. Mm-hmm. And if you are a Sky Movies subscriber like I am, then you get that for free. So that's nice. And the latest version of Star Trek, which is Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Mm -hmm. which stars Anson Mount as Captain Christopher Pike, Mm -hmm. who was in the Star Trek episodes, uh, The Menagerie and the Cage. Mm -hmm. He, he, He was Kirk's predecessor. The original Star Trek pilot had Captain Pike in it, and he was going to be the lead character, played by Jeffrey Hunter. He was going to be the lead of Star Trek, but mm. the network looked at it and said, yeah, well, we quite like the idea of Star Trek, but we don't mm. like him. Get a shot mm. of him. And they brought in James Tiberius, mm. played by Mr. Shatner. Oh, yes, him. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to him, we wonder. Well, <laughs> basically, in conception, they're the same character. Yes. So... But what they've done is they've brought back Pike now to, he was in season two of Discovery as the captain Mm. of the Discovery and some of the other characters, including Spock, now played by Ethan Mm. Peck. And so the early cast, the early crew of the Enterprise Mm. are now leading their own series. And Mm. I've seen the first, the first series is 10 episodes. We're seven episodes in so Mm. far. And I've seen them through Mm. channels uh, ahead of when they launch Mm. uh, on Paramount this week. Mm. And of the seven episodes, they've all been watchable and they've Mm. all been watchably good Mm. and all but one of them have been absolutely fantastic i've Mm. really loved them best star trek in years and years and years Mm. Um, very much enjoying it yeah yeah is it kind of i I sometimes have problems not the same thing at all but i sometimes have a problem with big finish feeling that they've got to fill in the gaps because i sometimes quite like the gaps does that feel filling in the gaps in the star trek timeline does that feel problematical to you not really as not a person really. who watched it for a long time not is it, really is it, is it satisfying to be able to pick up on these little bits from here and there and go oh it, that it that's is this that's referring to that it is that's 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 been good i mean we've got in the new series we've got the first appearance on the enterprise of young uhura cadet oh, nice. uhura is, is there on her first assignment and things like that no it's nice I think the thing is that with Star Trek is that it's set so far in the future. Mm. I mean, what, the original series is supposed to be, is it 300 years in the future? Like yeah, and so this is just before that. This is, right. I don't know, 20 years before that. So mm. there's plenty of room there. Mm. You've got Next Gen and Deep Space Nine and Voyager that sort of come after in sequence yes. the original series 200 years later. And then Discovery has actually been in, I shouldn't say too much in case people haven't seen it yet, mm. but in let's say in two different time periods depending yeah. which series you're watching mm. and picard of course follows on from mm. some years after next mm. gen does that um, is it do the character justice do you think taking picard. from next gen and actually sort of this is a different picard this is an older picard ah. as indeed it's an older patrick stewart indeed yes. but clearly he's playing an older man he's making an effort mm. to be 
older because yeah, yeah there, there are times when his age and his and his the weaknesses that that bring are mm. evident i would have said both in the character and in the performance but perhaps that's being unfair I, I think it's something that patrick stewart is doing deliberately not doing because he's in his 80s although that is a factor of course that has to be a factor doesn't it and they're so doing we, another um, series next year and they're bringing back all the next gen cast for it as well right, so okay. be interesting couple of years ago when we first got netflix we actually did run through the entire seven seasons of ds9 of all of the ones mm. to pick that was Good the, choice. the one Good choice. That, that this household decided was worth giving another go and after that we did actually rattle through enterprise which again i'd not watched on original transmission i'd kind of given up by that stage mm. i attended back in the day i found slogging my way through voyager was hard work i like mm. to think it's not just because it was a female captain i think it was actually no, no. It, the, the storytelling by that stage i felt had got quite formulaic and, and mm. very po-faced as well there was very much you know i was sat there thinking why if you're on the other side of the gun why do you bother putting a uniform on in the morning <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah 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 no i agree with that and you're right po-faced they did a, a comedy episode of strange new worlds recently which was utterly brilliant and it was probably the first actual star trek intended as comedy episode mm. for years and mm. years and years because there really weren't many laughs in enterprise or, no. or or voyager and certainly not in discovery or picard actually and when they did try and be light-hearted on voyager it was horrible they i mean the point where i went why am i watching this this is mm. dreadful was i don't know if you remember they started featuring a traditional irish village on the hollow deck no, With that. lots of diddly diddly music and ah, felt hats and Jessica cow. Fletcher around the around the corner. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. And that was the point where there was a cow. There was a cow as well. That was the point where I went, no. You, I you think I lost this. Lo- I fell out of love with it with an episode called Year of Hell, which basically had a big reset. It was like everything's been destroyed. Oh, but we're all right at the end. And I did, uh, I'd found that that was the thing that made me think, oh, I'm fed up of it. Press the big red button. Yeah. But to be fair, you know, I watched the pilot of Enterprise when it was on, and I just didn't take yeah, it. That. And yeah, actually, watching it again a couple of years ago, I thought this isn't actually half bad. It's, it's... No, well, I'm, I'm quite enjoying season seven of Voyager now as well mm. because I've not been watching the last six years mm. of it, twenty odd years. It's, it's, it's twenty yeah. odd years since I saw the, the previous six years. So no, this is I'm enjoying this. But I, I thought I'd watch that through rather than just jump straight into Enterprise, so that I hadn't got those episodes that I'd missed. We well, still have. A fondness for the original. I mean, I oh, yes. I remember buying the photo novels. Do you remember the photo? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I had one or two of those. That those photo novels with the speech bubbles. They are the ones I'm most because you poured over them. You could. It's one of the very few television shows because of the nature of the photo novel that you could actually look at all the detail in all the images all the way through it. I didn't have many of those, I, and they were beautiful color photographs, weren't they? Well, taken yeah, from I, the prints, you know. So yeah. That, I had two or three of those and I gave them away to a German friend of mine, mm. oh, I don't know, 20 odd years ago, 30 odd mm. years ago, because she'd never had access to them and I'd them. So I thought, no, you can have those. And that was, that was nice. Do you think in but, terms of out and out comedy, though, it, it goes, you'd have to go a long way to beat something like um, a piece of the action. Oh, a piece of the action is one that I, that I always think mm. of. You know, or the tribbles. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were good, weren't they? They were good ones. I, Star Trek for the Voyage Home had some good comedy mm. moments as well and was probably the most comedic of the Star Trek films and probably the best of the films and possibly the most lucrative as well oh it did very well didn't it did very well but you've been a Trekkie or Star Trek fan yeah yeah 
Do you still have a fondness for it? I sometimes oh, yes. shows that it doesn't really matter what they do. You just kind of, you sort of like, you check in on it just to see what they're doing with it. it it's one of those shows where if I'm just at a loose end for 10 minutes or so, mm. and I'll just be flicking around on the skybox, see what's mm. on on various channels. There's almost always a classic Trek episode show or mm. episode showing somewhere. Mm. I'll just put it on for 10 minutes and mm. say hello to Captain Kirk and so on. There was a time in the nineties where I was, I was reading the novels or some of them anyway, there's an awful lot of them. I was mm. listening to talking books and mm. uh, things like that. And I, would probably have called myself more a, a Star Trek fan than anything else. So there, mm. again, never went to conventions or anything no. like that. And I'll have missed my chance now after the way that Paramount is playing about cancelling <laughs> Star Trek conventions all over the place. So, but, not, uh, not, not much goodwill about, is that? Is there that... isn't a lot of goodwill, is there? They're, they're mm. quite right. They've been behaving abominably to the non-American fans. But anyway. I think so, the interesting no, thing is that, because it's been taken off Netflix in America, but it's still on Netflix in Britain, but I presume it's yes. going to vanish in it is. the same way. It is. It's all going to go to Paramount in the end. From there, then, I've always enjoyed watching science fiction television. And then after Star Trek, there was obviously Blake Seven as mm. well as Doctor Who in Britain, uh, things like Survivors, mm. Star Cops. And then in the, the 90s mm. was such a big boom of, of science fiction television. Mm. Things like The X-Files and Babylon 5. Mm. Absolutely love those series. And in recent times, I've watched The Expanse as well, which okay. I've really enjoyed. That's on Amazon Prime. Very good. Not too distant future it's, it's set at about i don't know it's set again two or three hundred mm. years in the future basically mostly in the solar system mm. until the end of one series never mind and it's about the three different power blocks there, right. there's the united earth there's the martian republic and then there's this sort of disparate band of people colonists living in the asteroid belt yep. they refer to as belters and, and they get caught in the middle between the conflict between the two and, and it, it, it develops very well and it's it's an ongoing story. No stories. trouble keeping all these different universes in your head at the same time. <laughs> really? Yeah. Where you're up to date with each one, you know. That well, that one's no no more than, than I would of keeping yeah. the four just men different from, yeah. apart yeah. from the champions, I suppose, really. It's just on a different setting, mm. isn't it? A different background. So, yeah, I've usually got a science fiction or two mm. on the go, and at the moment it's two Star Trek series, as it happens. Uh, uh, I know you've recommended very highly the For All Mankind series, haven't you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. One of my friends said to me later, do you never post a review of something current? And yes, you haven't been paying mm. attention, absolutely. Because <laughs> there is some great stuff out at the moment. And the problem with these streaming series is that they, they tend to come out once a year or every two mm. years or something, particularly in the recent times of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, this is the third series of For All Mankind. I watched mm. the first two series back to back this time mm. last year. And it's an alternate history. Mm. where NASA is all getting set to launch Apollo 11 and land on the moon. Mm. And they turn the tellies on to see the Russians get in there first, mm -hmm. which is a bit of a blow. And history changes as we know it mm. from there. And it's about the space program, clearly. And that carries on. And the Americans get there soon after the Russians. Mm. And then there's, a, if you like, a Cold War on the moon. And, mm. and then that comes and goes, ebbs and flows. Whereas the NASA Apollo program sort of finished with Apollo 17, mm. didn't it? In the real world, we see that not happening with it carrying on. And we see President Ted Kennedy being elected in the 70s mm. and then being bothered by the Chappaquiddick thing whilst he's president. Right. <laughs> and, so and then Reagan's elected. And then he's followed by... It's all different anyway. Yes. It doesn't really matter. It's a different history. The current series is set in the 1990s. The, mm. the, the first series is the early 70s. The second series is the 80, early 80s. And this is the early 90s. At a time when the Soviet Union had collapsed in, in our world, but in 
for all mankind, the Soviet Union still exists and right. is still there's still a bit of a Cold War going on, and the space race is fueling the Cold War to that extent and so on. There's so been it's, a lot of. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel it's been a, quite a theme in series recently, hasn't there? The alternate history, the rewritings of history. Yeah, the man in the high castle and become quite a trope. Yeah, keep up with those as well. Or yeah, I watched the man in the high castle based on a Philip K. Dick novel and enjoyed that. Although it did get very confusing by the end, I must say, Mm. not quite sure what was going on at at Mm. any point in that one. But I enjoyed it. I was Mm. when the Americans and the Nazis had won the Second World War and had partitioned Mm. the United States between them. There was also a really good mini-series in which Charles Lindbergh was elected oh. as a right-wing... Is that the Philip Roth book, Plot oh. Against America? That's it, Plot Against America. Mm. And it looks at sort of anti-Semitism in mm. America in the, the 1930s mm. and Lindbergh as this horribly mm. pro-Nazi, anti-Semitic president. Of course, none of that happened in real life. It was FDR all mm. the way through. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, enjoy, I rather enjoyed that. Mm. Very similar to... Do you enjoy to, the alternate uh, history? I do. I, I'm one of my big obsessions actually is right back to the 70s is the political dystopia Mm. show well we talked Um, about that didn't we we did didn't we of course we did we spoke about the guardians and Mm. uh and 1919 so of course we did yeah that all ties in with that i think but i don't know i I just wonder because the the what-ifs of history are are always fascinating thing to sort of pick at aren't they and there's been a lot of dramas that try that so you think they're doing it successfully or i never know whenever people try and do american television but american television as an alternate thing they always seem to be it seems kind of subliminally critical i don't know why and i just wonder whether that's this sense that we are the best nation that you still get that you could possibly have well i suppose that's sort of inevitable isn't it because if the alternate history you see is everything is wonderful then you've not got a lot of drama there have you well star trek Um, did the sort of mirror universe didn't they which was another take on it and they did various versions on that which got where they all got to sort of walk around with whips and leather for for an episode (laughs) oh and that's carried on i mean there's Mm. there's whole parts of discovery are set Mm. in the mirror universe Mm. and to do with the mirror universe Mm. and and so on which again i won't go into because it Mm. would spoil it for people who haven't seen it but look out for the mirror universe Yes, absolutely. I'm enjoying it. And, and as I say, if The Plot Against America, uh, The Man in a High Castle, mm. they've been great shows. Another one I've watched recently, which is a DC show, mm. is Pennyworth, oh, which is sort of yes. the early history of Alfred, Batman's mm. butler, when he's a young man living in an alternative... 1960s Britain, which basically is a, a fascist-controlled Britain in the 1960s, and it's really good fun. And the other bit of alternative history there is you've got um, Paloma okay. Faith Zone. I'm not a fan of the lady as a singer. I'm sure she has her fans. I'm sure she mm-hmm. has her talents. But as an actress, and in this particular program, she is absolutely wonderful. She plays this dreadful assassin woman with no morals whatsoever who's basically going around bumping people off for whichever side she happens to be on that particular Mm -hmm. week and is utterly superb in it she is the the real highlight in Mm -hmm. it this is quite a brutal series and quite a lot of the brutality comes from from her character Mm -hmm. really really well worth watching Mm -hmm. again we're between series on that at the moment Mm -hmm. there's supposed to be another series of that coming out this summer to Um, be fair there is a history isn't there with actresses turning out to be quite good who are pop stars <laughs> oh, absolutely! No, I no, no, absolutely. But with the amount of people, no, the amount of people complaining. I mean, you were obviously alluding to Billy Piper and Doctor Who. <laughs> no, but 
the, the furore, the fan furore when she mm. was cast. They've cast this pop singer as the companion. What are they doing? And, which was exactly the same as was said 20 years earlier. They've cast Bonnie Langford. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of time for Bonnie Langford. I'm so right. She's a, she's a lovely lady. So in terms and of your, your other, other recommendations, though, your, yes. I know I know you're a, you've watched a lot of films as well. How do they fit amongst? I'm still okay. incredible how how you find time to do this at all just, with, with all the writing the, you do as well. You know? It's just a late night thing, and yeah. it's oh, I've got an article to write. Oh, well, put that off. I'll watch this. So yeah, know, I've, I've always considered myself much more of a TV person than a film person. Right. I mean, I, I think there are people who are absolute film experts, mm. and there are people who can talk rubbish about telly i know we talked about films on, on yeah shows and i just wondered yeah. how you found the time on top of no the, well the i mean sometimes i just think to myself oh i quite fancy watching such and such mm. and i've got an awful lot of films and things that i've recorded off telly and thought oh i quite like to watch that one day so i'll sometimes just put my hand in the cabinet see what comes oh, right. out and watch it um, are you honest about that do you actually when you pick one out, do you think? Mm, maybe oh, no, not. not that one. If it's something I've seen recently, then I'll put it back. Right. But there are times when I'll work my way through a little box mm. set. I'm currently watching the Margaret Rutherford Miss Marple films. Oh, they, and they loving are. Those. They are. Aren't they? Something. Aren't they just? Nice little quartet of just... Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, if you've got a Sunday afternoon and it's a bit raining, they are yeah. almost the perfect film to put on. They're lovely. They're lovely. I know they're not necessarily seen as the best Miss Marple, which I think most of us would agree is Joan Hickson no oh no okay um, no, but no I mean Joan Hickson was closer to Agatha mm. Christie's Marple surely mm. but I just, just didn't find her very watchable I'm afraid mm. I'd rather watch Margaret Rutherford mm. charging around being Margaret Rutherford basically well, they, are, they are Margaret Rutherford films as opposed to yes. and fun fun fact I'm sure you know a lot of people who possibly don't know Margaret Rutherford was first cousin to Tony Benn the Labour politician of the 60s 70s and 80s and there were some times when you can see him in her face. There's a family resemblance. So it's, it's well buried, but uh, you could. One of those films uh, Joan Hickson does feature in, of course. And, yeah, the first um, one, um, a Murder, She Said. That's right. Wasn't, wasn't yeah. she a friend of Olive Hawthorne as well? Was it? Yes, uh, Margaret Rutherford was. She was a friend of Damaris Heyman. Absolutely. They were more than acquainted. They were very close friends. Yeah. Everything is connected. It's astonishing, yeah. really. No, I do like the Miss Marple. It's, it's funny, actually, because I, at the weekend, I was, again, this is completely nothing to do with television at all, really. But I was completely extolling the virtues of the the black and white carry on films and saying I quite yeah 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 I, the yeah. color ones I've never as fussed there's a couple of them uh, but it's the black and white carry on films that I think are the best of the series and absolutely but, agree they, with but you. there's that late fifties early sixties comic or semi-comic films and I think Rutherford sits nicely amongst them yes. I've seen the Pink Panther films recently as well I've revisited those and watched those and enjoyed quite a lot there which I loved at the time absolutely mm. loved I saw them all in the cinema as they came out and, well mm. I say all the 70s mm. ones I didn't mm. see the Pink Panther and uh, Shot in the Dark at the cinema but No, I would have been six when Shot in the Dark came out I think so maybe not but no I've enjoyed those I'm then somewhat alarmed to discover that my complete Pink Panther box set is missing one of the films Oh, it's the return, isn't it? Is a yes, I had to buy it separately. Yeah, it happens. So, yes, I think quite a few people have found that over the years. Yes, yeah. what a cheek. But the, how can I put it, the post-Peter Sellers ones are, are a hard watch, I find. But well, there's the trail of the Pink Panther, isn't there, which mm. they made cobbled mm. together from clips of him mm. together with... Curse, is it? 
don't know, can't remember. I don't think I'd have seen that one. Mm. I saw the trailer of the Pink Panther. And I watched the Alan Arkin one, Inspector Clouseau, which I enjoyed because I like Alan Arkin. He's good. Mm. Did you ever but, uh, pick up the cartoon series? The, uh... I, well, I used to watch it when I was a kid. Mm. Well, that wouldn't make it into your DVD collection. No, I don't think so. No, no, no. Well, do, you actually, do, you have, do you draw a line? Do you say yes and no? Do you, do you if have... I'm not interested in it, I don't watch it. No, it is as simple as that. You don't have this. Sometimes people feel they ought to see something and then. And it's no, not really it's and and I, I i have my attic where i've got mm. a lot of my shelves with my dvds on mm. and if i've come to the end of a series mm. and i think right well what shall i have to replace that mm. in my little watch list mm. at the moment and i go up there and i'll just go by instinct oh i quite mm. fancy watching that one and i don't question it i just take it off the shelf and add it to the list do you have any trouble at all knowing where you're up to with any of these shows? Yes. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Do you watch them in order or do you just pick yeah. a random episode? Or... No, I watch them in order. But what I, I have a system where I rotate the discs through the box. So at least right. I know which disc I'm on. I should right. do anyway. Again, I was wondering because I have this all the time. I pick up a, a set I picked up a year yeah. ago. Post it. Uh, ten minutes in, going. I'm sure I've seen this yeah, one. I've, yes, I've done that before. Yeah, but no, you need post its really. There, don't you? You don't even have to write anything on. Just stick a one. <laughs> post it as, as bookmark. Yes. I yeah. Know. So getting back to your list, though, you've 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 mentioned some really interesting Francis Durbridge. You mentioned that earlier. The the John Thorpe play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I have watched. They're not massively available, sadly. I mean, it was mm. an anthology series in the sixties and seventies, mm. and an anthology series of serials mm. so there would be yeah there would be a four or six part mm. series I'm trying to think what I've what, what are the ones I've watched I've watched three of them recently mm. uh, you mentioned the John Thor one earlier yes that actually wasn't one of the very best I seem mm. to remember I just think it's interesting to see Thor particularly in something like Red Cap because he Red Cap I think particularly and some of those plays in the 60s because he plays a police uh, inspector in an episode of stranger oh yeah oh yeah and when he he's playing the sort of posh detective both of those you can see morse in and i i remember very clearly people saying oh i don't i don't i don't like morse he i, I like him when he's himself is he's jack regan i think jack regan was actually the outlier for me it's he mm. played very thoughtful detectives more often than he played the wild, carousing Jack Regan. The Francis Durbridge he was in, which I watched recently, it was called Bat Out of Hell. Right. Which was... The uh, Meatloaf story, yes. Nothing to do with Meatloaf. <laughs> was also star Dudley Foster and Sylvia Sims. Right. That's it. That's right. It's Sylvia Sims has shot her husband mm. and she's actually in league with John Thor. And it's mm. a pl- it turns out that it's a plot that they've been doing mm. together. And this is, this is from ni- 1960s. Mm. I saw another one with Gerald Harper called A Game of Murder. Right. Where Gerald Harper, yes. And this was done about the same time as he was doing Adam Adamant Lives. Mm-hmm. Six part one. 1960 mid 60s again and he's a oh yes that's right he's a he's a policeman Gerald mm. Harper and his dad uh, who is an ex-professional golfer mm. is murdered yeah dead on a golf course 
and Ian investigates that. That was that was quite fun. I liked that one. But the best of the ones I've seen, I don't think I wrote about it because uh, I got it through channels. It's one called Melissa, which was made twice in the, the 1960s and in the 1970s. And I've got the 70s one to watch. And I, I watched the 60s one through channels. And and again, it's 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 somebody who's being accused of murdering his wife. And that was actually mm. quite brilliant. Mm. But yeah, those Francis Dibbridge Presents, there's loads of them are available on German releases oh, of right, DVDs. Okay. Francis Dibbridge is very popular in Germany. And all these things were, were sold and dubbed into German and so on. Mm. They've been released in, in English and German in mm. Germany, but they seem to have been deleted a while ago in most of them long deleted in, in the British DVDs. Mm. Of course, Francis Dibbridge, who created Paul Temple. And again, the German connection there, because there's two DVDs of British releases. Mm. There's an awful lot of missing episodes of, mm. uh, of, of Paul Temple starring Francis Matthews. Well, such there's, a way of the 60s, isn't it? Really? Oh, absolutely. But there's a lot more episodes that exist only in dubbed German editions. Right. And the I think there's three volumes of German DVDs, mm. which have got the episodes that exist in English as well. It's got their, mm. it's got them in German and English. And mm. there's, I think, one, maybe even two episodes on there right. which exist in English and German but haven't been released separately in, in Britain. So if, if you're a big fan of the, the Paul Temples, nice. look for the German DVDs. Like Doctor Who fans, are there also people who just did audio recordings of them and, and they've tried to match them up? Or is that not really... Doesn't, doesn't look, doesn't look, no. No, the, 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 no. And, and See, the I know German, you're doing your bit for the market here. <laughs> yeah, the, the German ones that were messed about with, that mm. they very often, they did a bit of a magic roundabout on them. Right. They, they took the pictures and sort of fitted them to a slightly different story or in some cases mean. a very different story so uh, it's interesting I noticed, like i say before we wind up because i did notice mm. that somebody one of your acquaintances was getting quite vocal about the amount of old telly that you are talking about but i mean i just really wanted to say to you that um you know, thank you for doing it really because <laughs> it, it, I, I do think that sometimes you do think you're the only person you know when you you know that thing where some people can actually be watching a program and they think, oh, there's 13 million people watching this. I sometimes right. put something on and I think I may be the only person in the country. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. No, there's a, there's a little community of us, isn't there, mm. watching old telly um, mm. and just sort of sharing thoughts and so on, which is nice. Um, I, I, I watch think, it so you don't have to. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, I, one should pay tribute to Network uh, DVD, who mm. have been absolutely brilliant. And the things that Network have brought out that you wouldn't think in a million years would ever yeah. see the light of day, including Maigret from the other you year. You do sometimes wonder what counts as good sales for some of these things, you think. Did, yeah. And, and they some have of, warehouses full of them and, and they've sold about yeah. 15 of them. And some of them don't last very long. Some of them, they, they bring them out and they don't work. They're clearly not sold. And so they allow them to, to go out of print. That's always there was the gamble, a, isn't it? That, that yeah. one you think, should I get it? Should I get it? Oh, it's deleted. Well, <laughs> there was a disastrous accident, wasn't there, a few years ago where there was a, a big fire at a, a warehouse house that network dvd used mm. and a whole load of their stock was destroyed in a fire that doesn't mean the programs are destroyed it means their stock was destroyed and the result of that is there's all sorts of programs that they did bring out on dvd which are actually incredibly difficult to find now mm. so um something like um it's not something that would be particularly to my taste but isn't it angels uh, mm. and also um juliet bravo was they started to bring that out and incredibly difficult to find mm. and then there's the weird things like the early 70s police series new scotland yard mm. where you can easily buy series two to four mm. series one 
no chance. Mm. You can sometimes find a copy for a silly amount of money, but uh, a lot of that you'd, you'd think probably is a result of that that uh, that amazing, fire they had. It's amazing, but it's interesting. I think that the stuff that people are still interested in sometimes surprises even tele fans mm. like us. Mm. You know, you, you just kind of think they found a market for that. That's, yeah. Well, something that I've, a lot of people I've seen uh, comment on has been who done it. The quiz mm. show, the well, not quiz show, the panel show with um, yes. with John Pertwee and before mm. that Iwa Wuwa, which you'd think, well, why are people watching this? And mm. it's been quite popular with those mm. of us who watch old telly. We discovered it. I have them. <laughs> yeah, the adventure game as well from the early eighties, which mm. was, let's face it, was rubbish, but it's it's thoroughly entertaining mm. rubbish. But I think. Again, uh, I mean, I know I harp on about this quite a lot, but the physical copy is sometimes is something... Because, I mean, I know there are shows that you pick up and watch and you can only find on YouTube or yeah. is available on YouTube, but they have a knack of just disappearing. Yes, well, on YouTube particularly, because, mm. because copyright holders yes. will discover it's there. And, and, so and, and right, tell it rightly so. Yeah, well, I mean, rightly so. But then there are some shows that you think, well, why has this never had a release? Mm. The BBC Cop series Target, mm. which was sort of supposed to be the BBC's answer to to the Sweeney mm. with the fabulous Patrick Mower. Uh, I as, need to get as, a klaxon for Patrick Mower, I think. As, absolutely. <laughs> the has, he turns up. has never, ever had any sort of release ever. No. Now, we were going to show an episode at our Doctor Who group. We had Philip mm. Hinchcliffe mm. with us uh, a, f- a few years ago, and, and he uh, he produced it. And we were mm. going to do an interview with Philip, and mm. then we were going to show an episode of Target. Mm. And we were told by the BBC, absolutely, you are not allowed to show this. Mm. And it was one of the rights holders. Now, I'm mm. told it's the family of the originator of the series. I mean, mm. people look up who that is that they denied permission but mm-hmm. it's never been shown and never been released in any format it doesn't get shown and then a couple of years ago the whole thing turned up on youtube mm. for about a week yeah. until yeah. someone went oh hello you, <laughs> you know hold on a minute you're not interested in releasing this you're mm. not interested in exploiting any commercial rights from this why are you stopping people from actually enjoying watching it people mm. want to watch this mm. now of course there are a number of tools on websites which allow you to download videos from YouTube. Mm. Thank heavens for them and thank heavens for being quick mm. off the mark in some instances. Yes, no, it's, it, it is surprising. I, even now that, you know, television that you would think everybody just assumes a lot of it is just available. It's there. Yeah. It's amazing that a show like that, that was so high profile at the time can yeah. just vanish and yeah. not be available. For well, it's been vanished. It's been, it's been deliberately suppressed. Mm. And that's always the strange thing with, with any kind of archiving at all is it's the gaps that surprise you sometimes, isn't it? I mentioned the another stuff series. that got deleted, but there's just the, the gaps in the, the archive. I mentioned another series, which was a particular favorite of mine when it was shown in off the top of my head, 1970. Yeah, early 70s. Mm. Uh, series called Scotch on the Rocks. Right. Which was, top of my head, five part drama from BBC Scotland about the struggle for Scottish independence taking a bit of an IRA turn mm. and there being a, a, a Scottish independence mm. army. Now, oddly enough, adapted from a novel by none other than a later Tory Home Secretary, Douglas Hurd, mm. oddly enough. And when it was first shown, there was a huge hoo-ha led by the Scottish National Party saying, hold on a minute, you're equating us with the IRA. And I can see their point. Yes. I can see their yeah. point. But on the other hand, it was a fabulous series. Mm. 
And again, never been released, never been shown since. Absolutely, never will be. And in fact, there seems to be some doubt as to what episodes survive. Mm. And there's this one theory that they all survive, another that only three of them survive. They apparently are kept in a safe somewhere under right. lock and key. So, so they actually, yeah, okay, fair enough. So uh, <clears throat> when you... I would uh, love to see that again. When you get the keys to your time machine, you might go back with your DVD recorder and, uh, and, and see just a few things you can possibly pick up on the way. I'd have oh, to go back to the you, 60s Steve, for think... Doctor Who first, wouldn't I, though? Oh, obviously. Yes. I would owe that to people. <laughs> it would take some time, but we'll get there. Okay, yeah. so thank you very much for your time today, Steve. The hour has rattled through, as usual, and uh, we'll talk That'll again soon. You take care. Cheers then, Martin. Good to talk to you. Many thanks to the ever-wise and sage Steve Hatcher for once again allowing us to hear his thoughts on all sorts of television programming, some of which I hope at least you've been persuaded to give a tryout, if you haven't already. Anyway, that's just about it for yet another Vision on Sound. There's just about time left in the show to thank those lovely people at Faber Radio International for everything that they do to make the show possible. And of course, my thanks to all of you, wherever you are, for listening. As ever, I have been Martin, and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now, and take care. <laughs>